the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News and talk you can trust. I tell you what, if I had to tell them any one of these people, I'd be elected president by acclamation. <laughs> the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. And that is the voice of uh, Joe Biden, who is watching. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, I love counting. That's live from Michigan <laughs> right now. The Secretary of State <laughs> counting some ballots there. Speaking of Michigan but and Joe ballot- Biden's paying attention to today. <laughs> yeah, if he had the talent of any of those wonderful people in Florida, if he had a calculator, somebody had a calculator that worked. We saw it yesterday. Oh, My he calculator. does. He has a calculator. <laughs> oh, we got Oh, I see your corn pop. Now, according, uh, uh, this will be fun but true. According to the Wall Street Journal right now, Joseph Biden, the nemesis of corn pop, the former vice president, has 264 electoral votes. President Trump, the incumbent, has 214 electoral votes. Now, the states uh, that are in question, uh, we are talking about North Carolina, yet to certify Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Yesterday, the Trump campaign and the attorneys for President Trump's campaign for reelection have opened up legal fronts in Georgia, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, and he's, uh, he, he, motions of a legal nature have been made to uh, put a halt to vote counts going on in Michigan. Now, just to layer this, at this time, a little bit after seven, in this year, we used to do a thing called COVID-19 by the numbers. We're talking about numbers of mm-hmm. votes here. Now COVID's uh, gone. It's weird. It's actually not. More than 100,000 <laughs> cases were reported yesterday. First time, new U.S. infections, top six figures in one day. And we have to f- determine who our president is. We understand that. That's a primary issue for America right now. And uh, we're waiting on these states. Which state do you think is closest to coming to a determination? Uh, I think Nevada will probably come to a determination. I think um, I think we'll probably hear from uh, North Carolina today as well. Uh, Georgia is really tight. And there's some uh, accusations of some funny business going on in Georgia. There There is certainly a lot of attention right now being paid to Pennsylvania. I don't believe we'll hear from them because of the ballots. Uh, The ballot counting has been halted by the Trump campaign because they're counting ballots that have come in far past their legal limit. And so there's a challenge about legal ballots, not just all ballots coming in. That's right. And the campaign, either one on both sides, you saw 20 years ago with Gore and Bush and, and we're seeing it now. There, if you're if you're trailing, right, or if there's a, you want to say to the court and to the state, hey, stop. Let's identify the ballots that are legal. Let's mm-hmm. put them in this big bucket and then count them for they are the legal ballots. And then the question of what invalidates, what makes illegal right. a ballot, is the hanging Chad and the famous picture out of Florida, the guy with the gigantic eyeball trying to divine the intent of the voter when they put maybe a stylus through a perforated piece of paper. This is how. 
specific this stuff gets. And it also comes down to strategy. So it's possible today that if you get a call from Nevada and if the Biden campaign is is certain that they're going to win Arizona, and again, that is still something that the Trump campaign says they've got wrong, that the Trump campaign will win Arizona. But if Biden Biden's campaign is going to have to decide, does he come out and declare victory? Or does he hold back a bit until all of the challenges are over? And that comes down to strategy. You know, George W. Bush in 2000 came out and declared victory. And some said that that was a smart move because it created, it caused Al Gore to kind of back off a bit. And he only asked for counting in certain counties instead of asking for a complete recount, which he would have had every legal right to do. And many people think that was a strategic really misfire for Al Gore's campaign in Florida when they were recounting and the election was that close. That's so interesting because in that year, November of 2000, exactly 20 years ago, two decades ago, when there was that on election night, when the networks called the state of Florida for George W. Bush, Mm -hmm. Al Gore, the vice president at the time, called George W. Bush and said, congratulations. Yeah. And then called him that. Well, where's my phone? (laughs) Then can you imagine the awkwardness and can you imagine the Pandora's box that opens up when he calls back to say, I take that. What are you talking about? I take that. Well, I take it back. And then. Wow. Yeah. Then it was off the off the wall after that. So strategically, campaigns have learned from that. That was a that was a big problem with Al Gore's campaign and his highest level of his advisors. Those people around him, I'm sure, probably well, maybe some of them have gotten work again because people have short attention spans. But that was a big mistake to uh, to concede right away. I think Biden. You know, it's hard to say. He may come out and try to say, yes, I won and we're moving forward and I'm going to start working on my transition. Yeah. But, but and, that, and, that, and that stuff's important for the for the country to have a leader and constitutionally for the office to be occupied and functional. And I'm it's saying also- this not as a Trump supporter, but if I put on my political consultant hat, I don't know if I would recommend Biden do that with so many questions. It's it's tough. I don't know. It really is kind of a flip of the coin. We'll see what the campaign does if they do have the opportunity today to uh, declare victory and I put air quotes around it. <laughs> right, and I think the air quotes are necessary. I appreciate you doing that. I'll offer a, briefly a very, uh, like a different feeling. And again, uh, folks who know Brian and Jennifer, Jennifer and myself, excuse me, might, uh, might think, oh, well, this is because these guys, you know, will like one or the other. I promise it's not. If you were a candidate and you had 264, it doesn't even say electoral votes. If you were in a game, any competition, and you had 264 was your score, and the other person was at 213. Mm-hmm. And all you needed was six because you need – you get 270, you are president right. in this case. We're defining what the game is now. And there are so many states with so many electoral votes that number way more than six. And you just need to get – well, in fact, six of them. Don't you feel like you're on the precipice of being the winner is my question. Wouldn't he feel – and yeah, now I'm but, talking about Biden. Let's, uh, right. He's got to feel that way, doesn't he? He does probably have to feel that way. He's probably wanting to uh, sort of you know, maybe celebrate sort of uh, on the on the down low. He wants to celebrate a little bit. But when you have certain organizations like CNN still not calling Arizona, I think even if Nevada comes in today, it would be really hard for him to 100 percent declare victory because not every media outlet is even calling those results in Arizona. So we'll see. We'll see what strategy they go with. Brett is in Long Beach. Hi, Brett. You're on the morning answer. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I'm actually calling because I I think instead of a recount, we need a re-vote because there's videos coming out of uh, poll workers that are now getting angry when they're they're counting and they're flipping off the the ballots and ripping them up or crumbling them. And yeah, like that's just 
That's a, and, see, that's really problematic, Brent. And uh, I don't know if you're going to get a revote, but certainly, thank you for the call. That's one of the things that people are talking about. And videos have presented themselves online now showing people tossing out ballots, showing a Republican oversight, telling them to get out of the room. From You've which got the Sharpie state, gate so- in Arizona. Arizona and Michigan right. is where I've heard the most, but I've heard other instances from other states as well. Michigan seems to be a focus, Arizona as well. Pam in Whittier, good morning. You're on the Morning Answer with Brian and Jen. Hi, hi, Brian. This is Pam that was on your um, Mexican cruise. Hi, uh, Pam. Um, how are you? Did it's you great guys have hear... a fiesta, Pam? <laughs> we did. We did. Have a great time. Yours, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful so to hear your voice. Uh, how about this election? This is now you're in Whittier. I uh, not in far. Right. Not. I mean, uh, where President Nixon went to college, of course. Yes, and I met you once at the Nixon Library. I recall anyway, that as well. I am really upset because yesterday I got in the mail a letter from the registrar's office saying, we have determined that the signature you provided on your vote-by-mail ballot does not match the signature on file in your uh, voter record. In order to ensure that your vote-by-mail ballot will be counted, the signature verification statement must be completed and returned. I have never ever change my signature. It has been the same forever. Pam, it's a real problem. And each state is dealing with these same issues. In California, they've got this, I don't know, uh, the three stooges standing there. They've got three people who are looking at a signature and saying, oh, that doesn't match. That matches. I'm surprised that they even raised a flag. I was thinking they're just going to allow everything in. But Pam, I think you should sign sign that form because you never know if there's a close race in your area, how your vote might make the difference. Pam, it's okay, great to hear. It's great to hear your voice again. Uh, thank you for for checking in on this. Uh, much appreciated. You know, it's re- and it screams for some sort of federal uniformity for the way we vote in fifty different states. I mean, for Pam's signature to be doubted in Whittier, but maybe a similarly suspect or not signature yeah. in Alexandria, Virginia, isn't is There's not no fair. It's not fair and equal. Pam, thank you so much for the phone call. Good luck. Sign that form. I thought the same thing. They made me sign on a tablet, and I thought if they try to match the signatures, this doesn't look anything like that. All right. We will talk about those local races. And are you happy with the process? Can we make some changes here? Let's talk about that as your Thursday Morning Answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thank God it's Thursday. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. I needed that music today because I needed to talk to our friend Stephen Moore. He is the author of Trumponomics. He is on the President's Economic Recovery Task Force. You can follow him on Twitter at Stephen Moore. And Steve, I got to tell you, Brian and I are still together. We're still a work wife and (laughs) husband. It's been a tough week, though. Help us through just what in the heck is going on. I know normally we talk about the economy. You're a chief economist here but well it matters i think that that steve Ooh. talks about the economy because the uncertainty Stephen, of the contested yeah. election for president good morning by the way my friend it's good to hear you good morning yeah uh back in oh. 2000 in florida when this happened i looked at forbes it was yeah. uh up to eight and a half percent that some stocks tanked in the aftermath or during the yeah. contested yeah. presidential but but they say that yeah. kind of returned to normal in about three weeks how at how at risk is the market in an environment like this so, uh, boy, there's a lot to chew on there. Let me start with what's going on with the markets, because that is an interesting point. Uh, so on election night, you know, when it became clear um, at about 9 to 10 o'clock Eastern time 
that uh, it looked it looked even like you know Trump had a good chance of winning. Uh, the market just soared. It went way up, the futures market. Mm-hmm. And then um, it, it, the, what really turned things around on election night was Arizona. The one thing we had counted on in our models was that Arizona was going to go Republican. By the way, Arizona, they're still counting votes there. Yeah. So that one's still Even still CNN undecided. hasn't called it for. I mean, what is going on with Fox News? They called it almost as soon as the polls closed. Uh, you know, Fox News. <laughs> don't get me started on that one. <laughs> That's know, a whole other. Isn't that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But but the point I'm making is, then as it looked like, hey, this could be you know really nail biter race, it fell. But the one thing that's really been reassuring to markets, and the reason we've seen two really strong days of market gains, has been the fact that the Republicans have uh, presumably held the Senate. But now it looks, by the way, even that there's a chance that might be in jeopardy because there's two races in Georgia. Yeah. The way Georgia works is. They have actually two races because both their senators are up for reasons I won't get into. But that means that uh, both of those may be headed to a runoff. And we may not know for another three or four weeks whether or not if Democrats were to win both of those, then you'd have a 50-50 tie. And, Stephen, what is it? You you said a couple of weeks, uh, my friend. What's manageable in terms of the time and waiting for a result about who the next president is going to be on January 20? What's a What's a period of time that's acceptable and can be managed? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, And I don't have a good answer for it. I mean, look, right now, the most immediate thing is Pennsylvania and Arizona Mm -hmm. and Nevada, by the way. Keep an eye on Nevada. So if. Pennsylvania comes in for Trump, and that's dicey right now because what's turning out to be like 90 percent of these mail-in ballots are coming in for Biden. It's the early voters that all went for Biden and the late voters that all went for Trump. And so um, if but if Trump were to win Pennsylvania and if he were to win either Arizona or Nevada, he would be the next he would be reelected. Right. I think that the odds of that are maybe one in three at this point. Mm-hmm. So everything's up in the air. So, well, I know, and it's it's so hard because there are some legal challenges, and you know, in and I and I preface this with in normal years, a recount like in a state like Wisconsin would probably only get you what a couple of hundred votes, maybe in either direction. But we've got some really what they're looking for. What they're looking for there, though, is evidence of of fraud. Right, and that's my question for you because in a in a year like 2020, we're getting reports that to get the numbers that they say they have in Wisconsin, you would have needed like an 89. To ninety percent voter turnout, and uh, and that I mean, well done, Wisconsin. If that's really what you did, but that's hard to imagine because then they would have had to register like nine hundred thousand voters on election day. So, what do you? I mean, realistically, we're having real talk here because Brian and I have tried to keep our emotions about our preferred candidates yeah. out of it. It's not even about that, even it's, right? It's just it's about, about handling this. I mean, either way, I think we know that fifty percent of the country is going to think that whoever the next president is yeah, is no, not legitimate, it's, it's and that's what's bad. sad. It is, you know, this is a this is a country that is divided. I, I, said this on your show before, and I don't say it with any joy, but we are more divided, you mm-hmm. know, as a country than any time since the Civil War. I mean, right. the red states got redder, and the blue states got bluer, and so you just see these states where, you know, Biden won with 65% of the vote, so in some cases 70%, and then you see some of the, you know, some of these other states that, you know, uh, went, you know, 65, 70% mm-hmm. for for Trump, and, and it's it's not a good thing, but we're, we're actually moving to places where we want to be people who, who like minded. That's right. And that's problematic. That's, I it think. is problematic, actually, for the country. Right? But look, the, you know, the, a lot of times, you know, the, the, what's the other thing that's going on, by the way, that is changing the, 
voter demographics is you've got people who are leaving blue states like <clears throat> California. I know, and going to Arizona. Yeah. They are moving to states. Where are they moving? They're going oh, to Arizona, Arizona and Texas. Yeah. And Colorado. Stephen, let yeah. me ask you a question. And, and, and that has made those states, which used to be reliably red, you know, purple at best, and Colorado is now basically a blue state. So anyway, just to go back to that question that I, I asked, though, just I, I want to know what you think legitimately is should be of concern to us in terms of voter fraud, because there are a lot of stories on social media. I know we've got Rudy Giuliani, Pam Bondi in Pennsylvania. Yeah. What what do you think is really happening? Should there be things that we are really, really watching for the good of our republic, not just yeah. for the good yeah, of a no, certain candidate? Right. Uh, I'm, I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not the right person. To I'm not an expert on, on border, border security and, and ballot fraud. Uh, I do know this. Like, I, I grew up in Chicago, so I know a little bit. A little bit <laughs> that makes my, you an expert, you know, my oh, friend. Here's, here's, <laughs> a subject, here's something I know you know, the economy. Uh, Stephen Moore yeah. is a top advisor to President Trump on the, on the economy. And, the, uh, yeah. and we've talked to Stephen all the time. He's a friend of the morning answer. You're not going to find a better yeah. guy than Stephen Moore. Question for you, my friend. Yeah. This U.S. economy, I th- and I'm not an economist. I know what I don't know. I think I'm pretty dumb sometimes. I don't have the. This is why I'm asking. I view the economy kind of. I think of it like a shock absorber a little bit. And this year, 2020, with the pandemic, with COVID-19, with the with the closed businesses, yeah. with the false restarts, now with an election for the leader of the nation at a very anxious time, being contested in courts in different states, and uh, and the race not even called here of uh, 36 hours yeah. after polls have closed. Yeah. How does the uh, the economy is obviously impacted by these atypical events? Yeah. The resiliency is what we count yeah. on, and yeah. how for how long can we count on it bouncing back and absorbing shock like this? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I would say this: that uh, I don't think this thing's going to be decided for the next couple of weeks. Although we will know in the next forty eight hours, you know, we'll know pretty much whether Trump has much of a chance at all. Mm-hmm. It, again, it comes down to keep an eye on Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Nevada. And if, if Trump loses all three of those, then the writing is on the wall. Now, that being said, uh, I think that uh, what really matters for the economy and the market right now is Republican control of the Senate, because historically divided government has been good for the stock market and the economy, because, uh, you know, you have, you have the checks and balances. And what spooks everybody is, you know, Biden and president and Chuck Schumer running the Senate and Nancy Pelosi. There's, then there's no check and balance. And right. so keep an eye on those Senate races. But I want to say one quick thing before we get off. I'm actually proud of the voters in California. Believe it or not, Jennifer. I, uh, really? Know why? What in the world? <laughs> you know why? Tell me. Because your voters have the good sense. We have three ballot initiatives that we were closely watching nationally. Yeah. First of all, congratulations on the Uber. 22, and, uh, Prop 22. The, uh, that great, was a big great, one. Great, I, I applaud the voters of... of uh, me the too. the second one was... In, was Prop 13 continuing not having a massive increase on your commercial real estate? There's no 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 that time in American history. Worse Prop 15. To, to that's right. On, yeah. And the third one was the um, what was the other one that I was so happy about? The, oh, anti rent control. I oh, thought you'd the, go crazy about that. No, no, the one on the one on uh, racial preferences. Right? I know right. affirmative we, action. We color. A colorblind society, not racial preferences. We made rape a misdemeanor, Stephen, but you know what? Hey, we can't win them all, right? (laughs) 
Oh, this well, we state. Want three, all three of those. Yeah. Okay, so you're proud of California's voters on those cops. Okay, and Stephen, I'm thank you. Maybe you're even becoming more conservative. I know. Hey, maybe so. We've got a couple of congressional races that we're watching, too, in Orange County that could help shift the balance of power in the House. Steve, I also want to say congratulations to you because looking at your Twitter page, you've made it. Twitter has actually flagged two of your your tweets about election security. But Stephen has asked they, for a recount. He thinks it's less than two tweets, so, they, so it's going to be recounted. They actually tagged you and said, learn more about election security. So I'm proud of you. You've tweaked them. I like it. Stephen Moore is our chief economist here on The Morning Answer. He'll be back next Thursday. Follow him on Twitter right now, at Stephen Moore. And good luck with everything, Steve. We'll talk next week. We'll either cheers or cry. Yeah, in Chicago, we learned to er vote early and often. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. (laughs) That's a good piece of advice. All right, as we continue, uh, President Trump, quiet yesterday. His team, not so much. We will have an update on the president's path to victory. The Donald Daily Download is next as your Thursday morning answer continues. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's... um, I'm the last sane person... This is the morning answer. <laughs> Sound like Joy Behar. Though. I like it. <laughs> I'm the last singer. You imagine how they're going to be climbing across that table on the View with this counting oh, of the ballots for the presidential. It started yesterday. Oh, I mean, did it? Ooh. I missed it. Unfortunately, rather. Mm. Oh my. Welcome to your morning answer. It's Thursday. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. Every day, at least till January the twentieth. Um, uh, well, yes. <laughs> Well, we're doing. Well, well, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I cannot comment. No, so what? We're going to have to have an. Don't you roll your eyes? Oh, like I'm that. not rolling my eyes. I'm just thinking about what's going to happen in the next four years. Yeah, cross your fingers. Oh, we, oh no. Here's the thing, Jennifer. Let me ask you a question. What? On January 20, somebody. It would be the 45th president if it was still President Trump. Yes. It would be the 46th president if it was a new president, Joe Biden, who hasn't been president ever. And in his by life. the way, President Trump's hopes still very much alive, and that is the topic of our Donald Daily Download. This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. I see Joe Biden giving softball after softball. I've seen all of his interviews. He's never been asked a question that's hard. The Donald Daily Download. He hasn't. Except this morning, they said, where are you, Joe? And he said, oh, no, Corn Pop. Oh, no. I think I'm in the living room. <laughs> yeah, but where? I know, Corn Pop. Tim Murtaugh is President Trump's campaign manager. He was making the rounds yesterday along with Kaylee McEnany talking about the president's potential path to victory. Again, you look at that map to go, ooh, it looks tough, but not for the Trump campaign. Take a listen. Well, we filed one in Michigan today because we want to, we need to have meaningful access according to state law. We're allowed to observe when ballots are being opened and counted, and they were preventing us from doing that. So we want that. We also are joining the case uh, in Pennsylvania to have the Supreme Court address what Pennsylvania did. They actually effectively moved Election Day. They moved it back three days and allowed the receipt of ballots beyond what the state legislature had set. We're also asking for meaningful access in Pennsylvania so that our poll watchers uh, can see what is actually happening. We don't know why these uh, Democrat operatives in these election locations are blocking us from, uh, from watching that. Right. And, so, and again, Rudy Giuliani, Arizona. Tim. Pennsylvania follows Arizona. The president is also going to win Pennsylvania. And when that occurs, he will be, in fact, reelected. So Mayor Giuliani today, Arizona and then Pennsylvania and then the president's reelected. Uh, that's a campaign spokesperson for President Trump just yesterday. And to sort of whittle that down, you can um, take this with you here all day on the on the answer. The Trump campaign yesterday filed a series of lawsuits on the Donald Daily Download. We'll tell you. 
they were challenging, they are challenging, mailed ballots in the state of Pennsylvania, as Mr. Murtaugh said, and Georgia. An attempt, by the way, to stop vote counting in Michigan to determine the legitimacy or the legality, I should say, of the ballots that are being counted in Michigan. Right. And uh, Tim Murtaugh is not only talking about that lawsuit in Michigan, the recount as requested by the Trump campaign, with their, which they're well within their right of asking for in Wisconsin to see if there is instances of voter fraud. But they're also talking about some legal action in the state of Georgia, North Carolina. They're waiting for that vote. And Arizona, they clearly think that this was an overreach by some of the media networks that called Arizona for the president so soon. He also wanted to say, Tim Murtaugh, that this is not just about President Trump. This is about ensuring a free and fair election for all. Well, we want the opportunity to be able to examine all of these things. That is the purpose of having people getting access to the polling locations. That is the purpose. It's absolutely legal. And under Michigan law and other state laws, we are allowed to have meaningful access. And we have been prevented from having that. All we want to do is to ensure that these elections are free and fair. The president wants every eligible voter to be able to vote, vote once, and have that vote counted. And what we have encountered in state after state and city after city, and they're largely in cities run by Democrat politicians, they have prevented access and the transparency that is required under the law to allow people to see what is happening there. It's interesting, Jennifer. We have talked here uh, for a couple of days now, and the nation remembers the year 2000, Florida, and the controversy there between uh, Governor George W. Bush at the time and the vice president at the time, Al Gore. Something that is different in this dispute uh, that, from that 20 years ago, two decades ago in this, in, this, uh, in this month of November. There was no incumbent – excuse me. There was an incumbent. The candidates, Bush and Gore, neither one was president of the United States during the legal challenge right. about vote counting. This is different just uh, – uh, this is different in ways because one of the candidates in the, in the scurry, if you will, with all due respect to both – is president of the United States. Yeah, and it's also different because it's more widespread, too. I mean, think about all the states that are so close. It's not just Florida. Florida was the one that was really the one that was the decider. No, no doubt. I mean, it was about Florida. But the thing is, here on the Donald Daily Download, I say, because he is our president. Right. And, and does the president, whether fair or unfair, whether observed or not observed by President Trump, have a line that he, maybe one day she, cannot cross in this because this is the president and you have a, a legitimate issue, confusion, illegality, right. problems with counting votes to determine who has that office in terms of security and stability. I feels to me like Trump has a different set. Always the president would have a different set of uh, uh, that's why we didn't hear from him I, yesterday is what I'm saying. I honestly think that the pressure's on because he can't go out there and say the system is terrible, the system's horrible, but I think he truly believes that there's some instances of voter fraud, and the reason that they do is for uh, just pa past history. Kaylee McEnany was on Fox News yesterday acting as an advisor to the campaign. She talked about Pennsylvania and their history of, as she said, peculiar results. So let me start by saying Philadelphia in particular has a history of very peculiar results 
results you had um, in the case 59 different precincts where Mitt Romney got precisely zero votes, which is very unlikely um, and curious indeed. Just six months ago, you had a Philadelphia judge uh, who was convicted in a scheme to accept bribes as he cast fraudulent ballots four months ago. You had a Democrat individual who was charged for in 2014, 2015, and in 2016 stuffing the ballot box with fraudulent ballots. So we want to be on alert. And what that means is having people at the polls, volunteers who can observe how the ballots are counted and ensure that it is counted accurately. Right now, we're not being given that. So that is what this lawsuit is all about. Free, transparent observation of what is going on in Philadelphia. And that's Kaylee what we should all want. Yeah. I have one idea. Let's get rid of the volunteers and get professionals in there. I think there are a few, actually. I think definitely in those key states, they're sending in the pros. I know you've been hearing about Midas Gold Group here on AM870 for a while now. They're right here in Thousand Oaks, and I am so happy to recommend their great services. Midas Gold Group is the number one veteran-owned gold and precious metals dealer in the country. So if you're buying or selling gold, silver, or precious metals, go meet these guys. Do it in person for fast, reliable, and professional service. Midas Gold is the best place to buy and sell your precious metals. And did you know that they also offer gold IRA service? With the recent volatility in stocks, many investors are using a little known structure that allows you to use your existing IRA or old 401k to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call or go see my friends at Midas Gold Group. Ask for a free copy of their IRA guide. Call 805-601-6000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. 805-601-6000. Tell them Jennifer Horn sent you. 805-601-6000. Focus on the Senate. Just how wrong did the pollsters have it? As your Thursday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices, Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. It is your Thursday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, post-post election day coverage. We will talk about the local races here in just about one minute's time. But I do want to tell you about a call that was made yesterday afternoon. Senator Susan Collins from Maine won re-election. She did it pretty handily, by the way, up by, I think, nine, eight or nine points. She won. Susan Collins of Maine, very moderate Republican female senator from the state of Maine. Right. And she was challenged by a very far left candidate, Sarah Gideon. And the the Democrats put a lot of money behind Sarah Gideon. They threw a lot into her campaign from all across the country. She is Maine's House Speaker and challenged Susan Collins. It looks like Susan Collins has officially been declared the winner. She talked about the concession call she received from Sarah Gideon yesterday. I have news to report to you. I just received a very gracious call from Sarah Gideon conceding the race. I want to I want to publicly thank Sarah for her call. We had a good talk and I very much appreciated her taking the time to call. Okay, question, Jen. That's yes. Senator Susan Collins been reelected in what was a very a very close election in the state of Maine. The concession call. In 2020, would you FaceTime your opponent if you're calling to say you lose? Do you do FaceTime, Susan no. Collins? Do you, like, look at her and say, hey, Susan, you no won? Zoom. No Zoom for Susan. No, I'm with you on I think that. you just call. You're already upset because you lost. I mean, let's be honest. When you lose, you don't. it doesn't feel good. It does not feel good to lose. Right. And uh, and so, yeah, I think you probably don't want to spend any, you know, extra time or do it face-to-face. I mean, come on. 
I wouldn't. I but FaceTime would be funny. Like Susan, and you know, FaceTime. Why not do it in the most emotional, intimate calls? Hello, hi. Do you see me? Can you imagine? Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Joe Biden and, and oh. hey, I don't think it's working. Hey. Oh you see God. me now? Why do I see Joe Biden listening through one of those like big record player things? <laughs> like the RCA. And then when Trump says, Joe, I'm not conceding because I'm filing lawsuits. And then Joe, like the RCA dog, what? tilts his head. What? Huh? It ain't over, Joe. Uh, uh, I'm losing my internet connection, Corn Pop. <laughs> Jail? <laughs> so just to show you how crazy these polls are. Polling had Susan Collins losing her race by 12 points. Yeah. She, she won her won. race by eight. This is really? the problem. This is really the problem here is that these these polls are suppressing voters because – and I was listening to Ronna McDaniel on our friend Hugh Hewitt's show this morning. And she was saying, you know, when you have polling like this that is so off that Joe Biden would win the popular vote by 11 points. You know, you had him up in Wisconsin by 17 points. That it makes it extra hard for Republicans to go in there and fundraise. It makes it extra hard for Republicans to go in there and actually turn out the vote. Because what happens if you think you've got a loser and you see a poll that's 17 points that feels like insurmountable odds, then people just go, oh, never mind. It's but not my year. I oh Well, OK, I understand that and I agree with some of that. However, uh, my friends who are Republican folks often and my Democratic friends often, but more than, talk about that personal responsibility. And also in this election year 2020, we heard about the enthusiasm for President Trump. If you're enthusiastic for President Trump, for vice, former Vice President Biden, for Jennifer, for Brian, and we're on the ballot, ultimately – uh, you have to determine to go out and vote. A person who is convinced by a poll, and by the way, I'm not preaching because I understand it's like a weather. If it's raining, it influences you. If the poll gives you a temperature, a barometer, it influences you. But if you're really committed to voting, don't you just do it? You do, but there's also the idea of fundraising. I mean, you know this as well as I do, that corporations don't care about ideology. They care about who's going to return the favor. And so if you're going out to big money donors, they're going to go for the person they think is the winner. And that's how a lot of the big donations go in. And and I would say, actually, even for people, individuals, like if you think that you have no shot, let's say you have $200 that you want to give to a campaign on a low level. Okay, so now we're doing fantasy. This well, no, let's just say it's fiction. you or me. No, like, I mean, because right, no, I, I, you know, I admit I sent a few bucks to Trump this time. No, around. I understand. I'm just trying to have fun. If I, so I have two hundred dollars. So would be if you have two hundred bucks and right, you okay. think, okay, gosh, I really like uh, Eric Early, who's running against Adam Schiff. Yes. And uh, and he could really use the money, but um, I also have a race where there's. Joe Biden, who, you know, this Trump, he may seem like a bigger evil. I can deal with Adam Schiff. I like kind of what he does. I mean, you're, you're right. You go with the winner, right? You go and with the person you this? think is going to win. As President Trump has said when he was a private citizen, a business person, and other business people say it all the time, how about that confronts you and you know that you have to have a little bit of access because you want to build that shopping mall over down yeah. on the corner. So that even makes it a much, with all due respect to our all of our ethics that makes it a real easy decision totally i gotta i have a business here and so know? that's that's one issue the other is does hearing that your candidate let's say in wisconsin which is a, a state where there is going to be a recount and there are lots of claims of voter fraud that are happening right now if in wisconsin you had a town where you know maybe you're a town of trump supporters but you saw a poll that says that trump is down 17 points you have to take care of your – let's say he's a farmer. Let's say it's my Uncle George. My Uncle George is a great example. He yep. He's a dairy farmer. He does soybean. He does corn. Um, 
He does it all. He does it all. He's great. Okay. And he's 87 years old. Bless Or 88 him. years old and still My getting goodness. up at 3 a.m. every day to do it. So let's just say he's busy and he hears that his guy, President Trump, who may not, he was on the fence about re-voting for Trump, but he voted for him the first time. Let's just say he, he's, not, he's on the fence. He'd like to vote for Trump, but he's busy. And if he thinks that Trump's down 17 points, is he going to take the drive into town to cast the vote, or is he going to milk his cows? And I think when you hear people talking about relying on the polling, we, we have to stop. Polling, I don't know how many people have ever been polled in their life. They use landlines. How many people actually have landlines? How many people are Trump voters who just don't want to tell people who they're voting for because they're afraid of retribution? I mean, there are so many things that are at play here that are not obviously resolved resulting in accurate counts to the spirit of what you're saying about voters being suppressed by information they're getting in 2000 in Florida. And that's why networks have been more careful. The calling of significant states while voters in other states that actually might be battleground states are still determining, Okay, should I go out and vote? Oh, Florida on the East Coast, that's coming in. And it turns out to be a wrong projection. And people with the domino effect across the country say, well, this one's over here in, uh, you know, in Washington, upstate uh, above us in Washington or whatever the state is. They were impacted by that. And that's why Tom Brokaw of NBC News <laughs> said 20 years ago, we didn't have egg on our face. We had an omelet that's on right. our face. That's right. And in Arizona, the omelet was there again, and it was cooked by Fox News, who, as polls closed, they called that state for, for Joe Biden. Now, it may ultimately ending, end up in Biden's column, but they called it while people were still standing in line in Arizona, and it's very irresponsible. I agree I with you. I do want to update you on some ballot measures because there are votes still being counted in our state of California. Right now, we have a yes vote winning on Prop 14, a no vote winning on Prop 15, Prop 16, a overwhelmingly no vote on affirmative action, Prop 17, that's allowing parolees to vote, yes vote, that passed overwhelmingly, tight, uh, well, relatively tight race in the 17-year-old column, although this one will go down. I don't know who came up with that idea. And this is about younger people being able to vote. Some 17-year-olds. Prop 19 was about property tax breaks. That is a yes, although they're still pretty tight, 72% of precincts reporting. Parole vote, Proposition 20, was about crime. That failed overwhelmingly, 62 to 37. You're getting Can I get my Uber? 21%, they've called this one. 21 is a no. That's about rent control. What about my Lyft? Prop 22, that they have called. This race, one, bigly, Uber and Lyft, 58 to 41. So more Ubers in the future, more Lyfts. There you go. Prop 23, a no vote. That one is in the books as well, 64, 36. Prop 24, new consumer privacy rules. That has passed 56 to 43. And Prop 25 on cash bail, that went down a no vote, 55%. Some key congressional races that we're watching in our area, Ventura County, Mike Garcia is still in the running. Right now, he is losing to Christy Smith, but he's losing by 2,000 votes, 49.7% to 50.3%. In District Number 48, that is where Michelle Steele is winning over Harley Rauda by about 3,000 votes. And uh, Young Kim still hanging out, fighting that fight. Young Kim is, let's see. She's ahead right now. She is ahead by how many votes? They updated, I believe. You know what? I'll find out the update, and we'll get back to I think it was 2,000 votes. But and it's important to say she's competing with a Democratic incumbent, Cisneros. 50.3% to 49.7. So 2,000 mm. votes separating these two candidates. What did Joe Biden have to say yesterday? Is he claiming victory, or is he on the brink? We'll find out as your Thursday morning answer continues.